0: What's up, Stats Pack? Welcome back to the podcast. I have guest host, former Bleacher Report writer, Eric Manzelli. Eric Manzelli, what's up, dude? How's it going?
1: What's going on? Fabulous Stats Piece Fact. I'm pretty the sure times, the times.
0: <laughs> if you're a long time listener of the podcast, you know who Eric is. uh Eric's a great contributor. He's uh typically very busy with his life, but it's a pleasure to to bring him on and uh, get his expertise in when we can and. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. I appreciate it. You know, I know it might oh, be a while between times, but thank you.
1: It's an absolute honor. Uh, right now in my head, you know, when I'm talking to you and the Stats Beast Pack again, I am I got that Sam Cooke song in my head, you know, let the good times roll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're up to, on this podcast, we're around 20-plus um, thousand subscribers now. So a lot of people listen, things? Eric. Don't screw up. <laughs> Just joking.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you got You actually gave a, a pretty like uh, a pretty impressive list when you said you wanted to come on a podcast. Um, uh, I liked it. So,
1: yeah. but I thought you know a little free form conversation, and you had this weird sort of moment of firing. I'm like, "Am I the only guy thinking this, or, or is this more of a commonplace thought than uh, than you realized?"
0: I. Uh, before we go into your list, let me ask you something. You, how do you feel about the Pats tomorrow?
1: I figure it's a tough, tight division game. And then finally, one minute, Matthew Judon will get to Zach Wilson enough to force a fumble, but kick a field goal. And it's a narrow, tough, tight division win for the Pats. Like 21-20, something like that.
0: Do you think uh, Judon's his big plays were... Thrown off for his dumb plays, like he he made some really dumb like penalties and stuff like that. Uh, uh, he, I think he he could be great if he just keeps his head tight and screwed on a little bit better. I don't know. I was like, why in the world would you do that? You know, it was really a very sloppy game by the Patriots. Like, I've never seen him play that sloppy. It was uh you know personal fouls left and right, holdings, etc., etc. I was like, I was surprised.
1: There's always there always tends to be one sort of really bad bad game of tons of blemishes it's just an ugly ugly loss that they usually turn around by the end of the year like if you look in 2018 they had that ugly loss to jacksonville they had kind of a tough loss to to detroit but they may have still managed to somewhat you know right the ship from there last year being somewhat of a, a fluke like that where they just weren't a particularly talented roster but Still, it's been two decades. They got they got the bad loss, they work out the kinks, and then they kind of proceed forward. Like last year's team, I I'll believe to my dying day, they were a three and thirteen team, but they were able to look kind of coach up and <laughs> overachieve yeah. and get themselves to seven wins.
0: Yeah, that was I impressive.
1: I haven't lost faith yet.
0: Yeah. Uh let's start off with your list. Um seventeenth game this year. They got seventeen games they're playing. Uh I don't like it at all. I mean, I don't like it. One for the mere fact that football is an extremely dangerous game. And I think exponentially so as you go on in the season, Like the chances of you getting like a seriously hurt are just that much more increased because you're that more fatigued. And I don't like it at all, the 17th game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Our entire lives, I mean, for every football fan from the late 70s, you know, we always say stuff like, hey, do you think he can play a full 16-game season? What's going on? Oh, this year I see them as like a one in a one in fifteen team, or like a six and ten team, or yeah. I think they're going twelve and four. And it's just like all that you know lingo we've had for forty three years is now gone. And and to a lesser extent that too, because you know we as we all know football is so brutally crippling. Most people don't, they're out of the league inside of five years. Yeah. yeah. Oddly, it's like no, no, no. Keep it sixteen. You know, I mean, ever since the game was invented and, and the NFL started in the 20s, it was like, yeah, it was 12 and then it was 14 and then it was 16. I think what they did before was where they had 14 games and six preseason. I'm like, ugh, that's just not, that's just too many preseason games. But then you go to 16 and four. That is perfect. Yeah. Don't mess with it. I'm sure we can you know find other cool creative ways i mean this thing is just like a flawless money you know it's what's that saying it's a license to print money yeah. we can find other ways to to make money there's and
0: no it, need for added inventory and that's why they did it that's why they added the 17th game it gives them more uh, better chances and more flexibility to be creative and make money maybe you have more like neutral site zones you know try to expand like the nfl's reach et cetera. so i see where they were coming from but Man, it's it's. I think it's a it's a dangerous one. You had a, a compromise here: eighteen games in one preseason game. That's actually not a bad idea. I put a lot of pressure still on those starters, other than like uh, those those guys trying to make the squad. You know.
1: Well, that right then and there too. I mean, if we're gonna go, I mean, just judging on any of the football news sites you read, eighteen games is what the owners want, and they're gonna just flex their muscle. And we don't know if the players' union can kind of stave it off yeah it's fine you want 18 games then no preseason yeah or like that and then maybe you can sort of tinker on the margins right then and there
0: man 18 games that's crazy
1: yeah it is it is absolutely crazy I man have you ever had the chance to talk to any ex-football players yeah brutal, brutally crippling and yeah yeah Ugh.
0: Yeah, actually, I have a uh, a couple people that have played high school ball. They went well. I know one of them played went pro, and uh, I knew a couple guys in college that did. And it's unless you're in a position where, you know, that you're not getting a lot of contact, like a kicker, or I know a guy that was a a long snapper forever in the NFL had a very long, good career, probably averaged around five hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and all he did was snap the ball. You know what I mean? He was hardly in in dangerous way. Um, but that's that's I think <laughs> that's like the exception to the rule, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I remember one case I got the chance to do of I, a I, guy I had the chance to meet. He ended up playing eight years in the pros, and it was kind of funny to hear him say that actually, HGH is not really performance enhancing; it's performance enabling. Yeah. You are so insanely brutal and he spoke so passionately about it. I told him something, you know, he has a point. Like it's so it's like it doesn't really make you stronger, but it's just you're not really sore as much and you can run you can you can still run, you can still hit, you're not quite as sore. It's really life and it's really life and performance enabling. And it actually sort of managed to make life so living when you're after football yeah. it's worth living after football so it's yeah. like all right maybe he's on to something you know let's give every player a bunch of vials of so that way they can last the 18 game season that's coming up
0: yeah um so i know i you wanted to talk about how like at, adding a having actually less football than what we have and you know how adding an extra game through you know one week special event vibe um it, it what does it do? You feel like it waters down like the product?
1: Well, to a certain extent now, because you're kind of killing that once a week specialness and exclusivity of it when you got Thursday, you got Saturday games late in the year. you got Sunday, you got Sunday night, you got Monday night, and then you know Tuesday morning, all you got to do is wait two days and there's another game. And you got college games on, you know, ESPN one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
0: nine, and ten. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's a little too much really for
1: it like baseball, where there's a game every day. And you know, one of the nine hundred million reasons why I think baseball is plummeting, and I find myself falling out of love with baseball, is because it's every day. Neither game feels particularly special because it's every. Day and then football is almost becoming every day to me.
0: Yeah, I actually limit myself to uh, typically uh Sunday night Sunday games, like one or two games, and I'll watch it. Otherwise, it's too much, and I just I'll get over. Uh, oh, for me, it's personally oversaturating. I'll watch highlights just so I get caught up. I look at stats, but uh, this the. the uh, the uh box scores, and I look at all the at the highlights of the games that I don't get to watch full of, so I mean I watch the extended highlights so I, I'd say I'd watch sixteen minutes just obviously because I do some, you know sports podcasting, but I can't watch every single game otherwise I get burnt out and imagine like doing that with like baseball or even uh basketball and that's one of the reasons why I don't cover like baseball it's just too much for me it's just way too much for me, and if I did, I'd just be talking out of my my rump you know what I mean. Yeah
1: right and at least by the time monday night football kind of comes around sunday night football was such an awesome event monday night football feels sort of weirdly kind of you know anticlimactic after the fact kind of like how um they used to often put the pro bowl right after the super bowl it's like you know the game ended up being being perceived as like a weird letdown because I mean, you still might get some casual viewing, but that's just really for fancy. But yeah, let, let's mess that around. Or maybe let's put the Sunday slate of games back into Monday. If you want to maybe keep Monday football for the sake of tradition, fine. Let's,
0: I say Let's a, also get, yeah.
1: like, maybe what would be, like, a cool 425 Sunday game. Move that to Monday night so that way both, you know, slates of games are worth watching. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like you said, you got fantasy football, Thursday night football, Saturday games late, Sunday night, Monday night. At what point is it overkill? I agree with you. It's a lot of football. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of football. Um, you wanted to touch on that. I think like an oversaturation and dumb, on uh on MMA actually potentially taking over the NFL. I don't think so, but I think they're a contender for the number two, uh, number two slash three spot. I think they have a chance at it. Um, I think they have a good chance at it. I think it comes down on in mixed martial arts. It's it's like a talent pool. Like, I think if they up how much they actually pay these guys. I'm not saying they don't get paid well. A lot of people can complain about what mixed martial artists pay. But I think if you increase it even more, then you're going to have a higher caliber level of athlete going in there. Because you want to talk about brutal. Like, if you're not a good fighter, I mean, you're going to get brutalized in mixed martial arts. And, but, um, yeah, I think has a potential to take over maybe the number three spot where do you think they are right now i mean obviously you got the nfl you got uh the nba and then what mlb and then nhl and then and then probably actually mma over soccer probably in viewers what do you think
1: mma is over soccer um we're seeing right now that the nba is having some problems with ratings
0: and,
1: and things like that and Baseball just kind of being danged out because all the analytics are sort of killing all the cool small things that I used to love about baseball and I'm sure what other people used to love about baseball as well. I actually sort of see MMA kind of slowly creeping up into, into second place with like hockey being, you know, just on just that and like, Baseball and basketball kind of being right around number four and five yeah. right now. I still, I still perceive soccer as number six. But that's kind of where, like, some of my basis power rankings are right now.
0: Yeah. Obviously, there's boxing too, but boxing yeah. is so like far, far, and you know what I mean. There, there's not enough matches for them to be extremely what, popular, but uh,
1: yeah. One thing used to seem like you know. Even up to maybe about the like 90s or so, where you could sort of um, heroically kind of follow and see certain ones you like, like Oscar De La Hoya, Roy Jones Jr. And it seems right now there's just sort of a little bit of a uh, a drain of like really popular boxers you could follow. I mean, maybe Floyd Mayweather or like Deontay Wilder, other than that. But one thing I have noticed is that even if you're not maybe a particularly a huge fan of boxing the amount of people still sort of doing the sport just for the sake of fitness and workouts is amazing so there must be sort of kind of a weird break where a lot of people are doing it for the sake of keeping in good shape but it's not really being like a wash live popular event yeah Like like say mma is too and uh Maybe also they can make some editing because with MMA there's grappling, kicking, and all that too. Maybe certain things boxing to do to kind of uh, compete with MMA.
0: I wonder what the actual like viewership ratings are because there's a lot of there's a lot of websites out there that'll tell you this and that, but they don't even rank like MMA in the top like twelve, which is total bullcrap. And I I feel like that's like like the old like media not giving. MMA, they're like, uh, they're, they're dues. You know what I mean? Uh, there has
1: or... to be a radical change. I mean, I remember seeing a couple of, di- uh, probably about a month ago, where Nielsen ratings, like old school Nielsen ratings, actually ended up losing their straight accreditation. Uh, we should need to kind of revise things where we still do pay attention to, to TV ratings, but also find some way to modify, like, TV rays, but I'll, let's also do, like, um, you know, if there's a way to measure, like, a guy just watching it on his phone or maybe some guy, like, watches it on the streaming services or anything like that. Or, you yeah, know, just, like, in the same way I think a radio station sh- should measure, like, old-school radio, but also, like, if you're listening to it on uh, on the Internet as well, and maybe just sort of merge and combine the two. That'll get you, I think, a more accurate picture yeah. of what people are watching
0: um yeah i agree totally agree uh let's see here uh you have a fourth Do you want to keep the second by team revision to the playoff format
1: all right yeah i'm not like so crazily unflexible you know all right I, first of my like, guy right, let's keep it so that 12 teams make the playoffs because if anything else would maybe be diluting but then they did the new format where 14 out of the 32 could make it i'm like you know what okay this isn't too bad it's not like a 6, I mean, other than Washington. But it's not like, you know, a 5-11 and 11 team is, is making the playoffs. So it's not too bad. It's not the joke the way it kind of is in the NBA. But what I really want, though, is can we have it so that way at least another team can make the buy if it's just one? Yeah. Ugh, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because um, things are Gonna end up getting kind of crazily out of whack. Let's let's have it back. So, man, more teams can maybe, more teams can can have
0: a bye. That's what I want. You want uh, another adjustment here? Uh, You want to bring back taunting and trash talking? Seeing right how badasses come to blows makes it fun. Having. Then police themselves and bring in zebras gets too nuts. I agree. I mean, not too much out of control because that's – I think that's what the um, – what's Vince McMahon's league was, was called? Freaking uh, – XFL. Yeah, XFL's original idea behind that was all about that, you know? was all about that kind of thing, like uh, kind of being way more boisterous. I don't think you need to get that far with it, but I okay. think bringing back some personality to the game wouldn't hurt at all. Now, they're just way oversensitive this season, I think.
1: It's kind of the point where it's like kind of crazily – it's kind of crazy detrimental. Can't we sort of come up with a compromise? All right, there's a strike zone. You know, you go from the shoulder to about the knee. Okay, fine. Let's go right then and there. But we're trying to like deviate intent. And it's the same way in the college game too where like a guy gets flagged for 15 15 yards for a targeting – Come on! I mean, you have a crazy collision. How can you deviate that a guy's trying to target a guy's head? Not necessarily. You're just looking to make a, a good right there. And like, no, we want to see tough, strong men knock each other out like that. Trash talk. It's part of the fun. And then, I mean, eventually, all right, all right, right enough, enough. Yeah, I'll go back to your thing. Go back to your thing. Yeah. You get him the next play. And if someone does cross the line. Uh, you know, a, a scrap will break out and then it gets settled. I mean, just a point, like you know, when Cortland Finnegan got in that huge beef with Andre Johnson, yeah, it got settled. Yeah. Or like uh, you know, uh, uh, last week when Julio Jones got into his scrap, it got settled right then and there. And I want to see that where it just gets settled right in that moment and then you can move on.
0: Yeah, like, they play like don't like, kill that because you end up killing the. Yeah, they play like this violent bus. game where they're hyper competitive, but then you want them, you want to, you want them to have the appearance of being like extremely civilized during during when the right. whistle's blown. It's just not, it's not real.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, like like uh, they they kind of yeah you know, end up getting it out of baseball too. Like in the old days, if uh, Derek Jeter would step out of the mound late or or he'd call time late. Pedro would fire a fastball at his jaw, reestablish dominance right there, and that's what we
0: need and (laughs) want. All right, let's go go on to Mr. Mac Jones, a future of the Patriots, or is he? Um, I think you you said you see him as a poor man's anti Dalton at worst, uh, a better Kirk Cousins at best. He's built like Chad Paddington, true. Um, I'd use him the same way. I agree with you there. You want to elaborate?
1: Well, by that I mean like... uh, in uh, 2002, which I believe, who was coaching the Jets in 2002? Was it still the outgrow year? I mean, we could check there. But
0: yeah,
1: I had the pleasure of going to that game and uh, Mac Jones' NFL debut. And I got to say, something about 2002 Chad Pennington. Kind oh, of uh, Herman there. Edwards. Both guys. Both, uh, you know, we know Mac's about six, two and a half. 215, 220, and I know Chad Pennington's about six three and he played anywhere from two fifteen to two twenty five. Yeah. Both of them. Very smart, very tough, accurate. You know, they're they're pretty good at picking it up and absorbing things and kind of delivering the ball accurately. So right then and there I hope Josh McDaniels is using will use Mac the same way. Just rely on that and then lean on a pretty yeah, you know, decent, stable at back, so that way he can move the ball and score. He did. So he
0: did throw a couple that, that's to that, yeah. of nice. My
1: how I want them to to use Mac Jones this year, and then eventually over time he will get better because usually QBs make that big leap anywhere from about year two to year six.
0: He could definitely play. I think he he could play in the NFL, and that showed against the Dolphins, who had I think had a very good defense. I think they have a good defense. Um, right. You know, they were saying that, you know, the defensive coordinator was the one giving them those sort of, like, dink and dunks. But I think that was their plan from the start, obviously, with a freaking rookie quarterback, you know?
1: Right. And then over time, um, Nelson Aguilar always, he's always struck me as a, uh, I mean, yeah you knew him from, you know, you being a Raiders fan as well. And how great he played in the Super Bowl when he was with the Eagles always a pretty reliable nfl pass catcher you know like a number two or number three at best but well, let's start chucking have him utilize his speed. eventually when you eventually feel like it's okay to you know have max throw the ball deep and then we start doing the small things like that and then uh, a lot of the high percentage passes passes to those tight ends and eventually over time I do think uh i do think matt can be pretty respectable i'm not going to say like a top five quarterback but i could see anywhere from like top, top eight to about top 11. yeah i
0: think he's kind of in down, the yeah.
1: same way that like uh, we think about a guy like matthew stafford or maybe matt ryan and that sort of slight tier below and if you have that tier where you're like a top seven to top 12 quarterback Bill and Josh are good enough coaches. Yeah, you can maybe get a Super Bowl or two out of them.
0: Yeah, so I uh, I agree, I agree with you. I think he has a good, he has a very good chance of being successful in the NFL. Um, you know, to give him credit, it's not like those those Dink and Dunk passes that you saw are easy to hit, because uh, they are not. You have to make those are you're running through all your reads before you even throw that ball, so like let's give him some credit there on top of that it's it's not like an easy throw because if it was there'd be a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL doing that too and and it's just not there um you could actually look at Tua, uh, Tua. He's he he's not really great at that uh, he has a good decent arm but he's not like he's not like uh, Mac Jones as you know doing the like his reads uh I, I don't know that's just my take on it let's let's jump into Mr. Trey Lance touching on my 49ers future quarterback you said uh, yeah. keep his ass on the bench with an iPad. As, both, as much as we both like Jimmy, I'd say the odds he lasts all 17 games are 100 to 1. Yep, 100%. I agree with you. Let's not run him like they did in Kaepernick. I, I agree. Make two to three reads, tuck it like CR's <laughs> husband does, and uh, slide and run out of bounds. I agree with you. He, he's 20, this dude is 20 years old. He's 20. Right.
1: He can't even legally drink
0: yet in the bar. Yeah. I mean, he he made good play I like use him like that. That was a good play where he did that, you know, 5-yard run for a t- for a touchdown. Um but he has so much potential, Trey. He's so talented. He just has to learn the game more. And yeah. I I think he's very smart and I think he can do it. I I see I see him like developing into a, like a great quarterback, but he definitely needs time. And uh, you're right. he might not have a lot of time because Jimmy's gonna go down here pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, my guess is Jimmy's gonna kind of go down around week thirteen. I mean, it's not like it'll be like uh, you know he'll have a, you know, pulled hammy like he'll have a tough, rough. I mean, I don't want this to happen, but I have a bad feeling that like, someone will hit him wrong and maybe he'll rip up another knee or, or yeah. something to the same effect that he's had before. Yeah, I I don't think he's getting past week 13. And once he hits around week 13, I think by then, the book on Trey is that he's pretty smart. One thing I want to sort of emphasize, too, is Trey Lance has played about what, I mean, how many games has he played since 2019? I think this is what, like his third game?
0: Yeah. I'm only half kidding, too. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So, you know, all the
1: more reason why, I mean, you're making the jump from, well, not scrub, company, uh, borderline scrub, and then to actually full-blown top-of-the-line pros. Too. Yeah. I mean, how many? How big were the defensive ends that hit him and call college? It? Like six-one, two-sixty.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. You know, I want to. I actually want to touch on this where Mac Jones and uh, talking about Mac Jones and Trey Lance's, where uh, Shanahan, you know, the rumor was they were trying to trade up for for Mac. And you know to pick him as the second quarterback off the board, and I could actually see that. Like I could see what Shanahan was talking about, like the potential on Mac there, and like how good of a game manager he is right off the bat. Where instead he got talked out of it to and to draft Trey and and to draft like the potential Trey has to becoming like an absolute superstar in the in the league. Um, so he he went over you perceive, potential. You
1: perceive that as that. Uh... See, uh, part of me was thinking, like, oh, maybe they can kind of bluff
0: Belichick and they give them, like, the 15th <laughs> No, pick. I think he was actually thinking about getting Mac because the rumor, like, I it was like, I felt, I don't know, I just felt like he was going to do it and, like, he had so much pushback from Niners Nation. But then again, Kyle, I don't know, I don't know. He, like, he's, like, he likes playing, like, a troll this year. I don't know if it's because he was trying to play off that he actually did want Mac Jones and he was like, oh, I'm so smart, I actually tried to do this. And... I think he actually wanted Mac Jones, and I, I think all of that is just uh, he just like a face or, you know, I think he's full of it. I think he actually wanted Mac Jones over Trey Lance, but he got talked out of it by uh, by Lynch. That's my take oh, on it. Uh,
1: uh, well, you know what? One thing I will say is that even though he you know, was a ter- wasn't a was really a very good coordinator you know, when he was a coordinator at Atlanta not running, not running the ball in the Super Bowl against the Pats when all you had to do was block <laughs> yep. and not really calling the greatest of games. He's very, very good at. He's 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 so good at getting the most out of quarter. I mean, he was getting respectful production out of Cousins, uh, Robert Griffin, uh, when he was in Houston. He always got decent production out of the QBs there. So the man can take a you know, mediocre quarterback and get good production out of him. So Trey Lance, Trey Lance, I don't know if they're going to win a Super Bowl because I don't know if he has that right then there. But Trey Lance will develop and reach the max. You know, he'll hit his max potential with Kyle as his coach. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily enough because you got to get that clutch, just that killer instinct. Like, okay, we're going to run the ball against the Pats because we all bleed the clock to win and hopefully someone's hopefully he learned from the Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs
0: yeah uh, let's see here um, Trevor Lawrence Surprised Urban didn't have a, com- a competition to go with Gardner for a while I'd like a campaign where we try not to push the burden on number one pick not, to, uh, not too brutal yeah I agree I mean, Trevor's well, in a shitty situation
1: yeah ever since they almost uh, kind of they nearly Trent Dilford their way to a championship in 2017. It's just been so downhill, and you got the weight of the world on you to carry to carry your franchise right then and there. And you've you've hyped this guy up as like a cross between Elway and Andrew Luck, and with like Tom Brady's level of clutchness. Yeah. It's it's not I mean not even necessarily like so far so good. I mean you could see the potential right then and there. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. I could see like I could see it, but he just has to it's literally the first game of his NFL career where he'd had to start slinging it, you know? Yeah. One component
1: I did sort of want to hit on you briefly is do you think Urban could be like a Bobby Petrino level flight flight risk where he's kinda of one and done at the pro level and then he goes back to the college where he can just you
0: know, buy a new defense every year, and and or freaking uh, Saban. He did the same thing with the Dolphins. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think there's a high chance of that, especially if the team's terrible. He's like, I'm out of here. I mean, if you had a chance to run a team like USC with like how much money and backing they have, and yeah. your your pool to if you're like halfway decent coach and you have a halfway decent like recruiting staff. Your pool of talent within like ten miles of the freaking university is like, I mean, people would kill for that. You know, like the other universities, they're just all fighting for that. Well, you know that. Yeah, yeah it, I think. It,
1: yeah. It, you go to you go to USC, you make a slight trip to Oxnard, and then you get the next. You get the next Reggie Bush. Exactly. Or, you know,
0: yep.
1: You can, you can get the next Alex Smith like that there, or, I mean guys like josh allen from california they, they grow trees out there you can get some top tier talent and always be in the be yeah. in the head for like a really good yeah. bowl game every year yeah
0: so i mean when you get a court when you get a coaching staff in the usc and they're just not pulling it together it's like you got some problems that's like what is going on with your like recruiting or your team or you just suck it's just for usc to get a coach like urban would just be like trouble for for everybody i think just you know, from his from his like uh, his you know whatever, his experience as a college coach is just glowing. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I I think he's yeah he's my number one candidate to flee. And actually, you you did hit on Nick Saban right then and there. I, I don't blame him for being scared off about Drew Brees because Drew Brees is an It's like, yeah, you know, he's he was six feet
0: tall two ten. yeah he was like small, yeah.
1: that's like five
0: feet tall and 90 pounds for yeah. a pro quarterback yeah he he's a, he, he he was a he he was an anonymous excuse me anomaly you know what i mean yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> who's the other guy that played for bc he who what, was what's Matt, it hey, huh Matt right no 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 the short guy Matt flutie flutie yeah he was probably five eight. <laughs> Jeff Garcia yeah, was another. I had a chance
1: to see him once, and I gotta say, like, I mean, you know who he is, just due to his stage and his general popularity. But the man could totally blend into a crowd. Oh yeah, he looks yeah, like a normal and actually, dude. Uh, Drew Brees could too if you if you didn't know him right then and there. Yeah. Did you see his first game on TV?
0: Drew Ble- Drew Brees. Yes, I did. I believe,
1: yeah, yeah. He was so. Uh, he. Had, he had this look in his face. He was so giddy. It was really actually kind of nice to see just the absolute wet on the ears, like rookie analysts like that. But I could totally see him as just being a uh, absolute, you know, this generation's Dan Fouts where like, I mean, you maybe you need a guy to kind of hold him in there so he has a better sense of timing. But he could just dissect every D, And he has a level of, credibility and longevity in a way that tony romo doesn't just like longer career insane accuracy just quick quick he's that he's that couple of split seconds so quick he could dissect anything he could talk about his super bowl wins in a way that romo doesn't so yeah much the same way and just like uh you know dan felt i mean he never won a super bowl but he was that same way he just he can know everything and see things that you couldn't so, yeah, I, I like his potential to be a very uh, great pro guy for the
0: next 20 years or so. We'll touch on uh, Justin Field and Zach Wilson real quick here. Uh, Justin Field, you want him with the iPad for a while, masters the offense. Dury is out if he's Dak or Smith. Uh, still hold Nagy in high regard. He got a 27-21 record um, out of Mitch. T- I agree. Out of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. It, and
1: when you're GM... Says, no to Watson, no to Mahomes, and gives you Mitch Trubisky, and you get two playoff appearances out of that. Like, I mean, that's 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 a golf clap for me. Yeah, that is an absolute absolute golf clap. And yeah, for now, for now, you can kind of hold the fort down with Andy Dalton. I mean, just look at how actually halfway decent the Chiefs were with the Alex Smith years, and then until finally, you know, the tail end of the year, Mahomes was ready to roll. So I want the same exact thing. Did you ever find yourself um, sometimes holding it against a guy if he, uh, just based on the school he went to? Because I found myself doing that to Justin Fields, and it's not fair. I was like, oh, he went to Ohio State. Yeah, no, yes, I mean, I, yes. He's yes. Craig Kren, you know, he's, he's Krenzel, he's Cardale Jones. It's just, that's not even an opinion. It's a fact. And I'm thinking, like, you know, that's not fair. That's not fair at all.
0: No, no, it's not. It's not. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I found myself doing the same thing with Oregon State quarterbacks because uh, I was watching Herbert at the Chargers game last year. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is so Joey Harrington. He'll yeah. be a Joey Harrington little bust. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, you're not being fair.
0: You got to give the guy a shot. <laughs> Yes, I agree with you, 100%. Um, but, man, you know, touching on Trubisky, he was man, number two pick in the NFL. You're talking about he was drafted over freaking some this big, like Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun yeah. Watson. It's like, oh, gosh, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, kind of
1: kind of like one of the uh, – it's looking like a huge historical blunder, like the year that – um. The Jets took Blair Thomas over Evan Smith. Like <laughs> that level blunder, that's why any casual fan will remember.
0: Blair wasn't bad. Right. He wasn't right. Evan Smith, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, the Packers went with Tony Manderich you know, instead of all the other guys they had in that pretty loaded draft.
0: You know, you're talking about Zach Wilson um, wishing that they had kept the Flacco for a while i agree dude you're like first of all like the franchise is terrible and now you're throwing in your just this obvious talent he is a uh, he is a talent right i mean you could see it but he's on the jets and his first game was not great and uh it's so weird because they have a whole a totally different like coaching staff and everything like that and you would expect something to be a little different but they were running the the niners offense i think wasn't it I think that's what they're like doing the zone blocking for the Jets. And I just, it, I, yep. I think it's like a difficult offense to learn uh, mm-hmm. and like having just one off season to learn it maybe even shorter because, you know, however long he was out with his contract disputes, but I, I don't know, maybe given some time, it'll actually play better. But you know, when I asked you about the Jets and the Patriots, uh, actually I actually had a podcast yesterday the one I, I uploaded mm-hmm. this morning, but, um, I said I've actually picked the Jets plus six points in this one because I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think, and maybe I'm wrong. You know what I mean? I could be wrong, but I'm looking at two rookie quarterbacks here, so I think and it's and it's a freaking rivalry. It's not like it's a, a, they're going to get steamrolled or they feel like there's these are two teams that are starting a new and and um, they're both zero and one. You know?
1: Yeah. Have you ever? I often will sometimes fear and respect a division rival more than like a more than a team that's not in your division because they see you twice a year they know you cold
0: it's a different yes
1: it's it's, it's, it's it's a little nutty because none of the other AFC East teams have really had a quarterback I mean you know what Buffalo had led so for a while and he was respectable I mean the best quarterback uh, on the the jets was probably pennington yeah he could always maybe beat you but they just had everything but a quarterback but all those games were tight and close and right you know, that's why i sort of barely like the pats in this one too and i do think initially i sort of like some of the skill position talent that the jets have i do like barrios as a you know a useful kind of slot guy that'll get you like 11 yards of catch i you know i do have a lot of respect i think for corey davis i do think maybe griffin could be a fairly useful guy so i gotta say i do like the kind of initial pet initial potential of the jets right then and there yeah they could maybe have a yeah middle of the pack offense
0: i do like your um oh you you actually want to touch on this before we go to your list you made so the the hype on how great this class was what needs to happen before twenty one takes over 80, 83 and 04? I mean, they got some time for that one. Those are some great classes, you know. Maybe right. maybe like a couple Super Bowls from one and one from another. That's what I then I would start pushing them up up in that ranking, you know. I mean, 04, yeah. 04 I wouldn't say are like I, I don't know like um let's see 04 was Eli Manning Philip Rivers Ben Ross- yep. Berger, um J P Lossman and Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub is still a damn decent career, but Big yeah. Ben, Philip, and he Eli. He was a
1: backup until just until about like two seconds ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think they just need to win. Basically, you know? <laughs> they need to win a lot.
1: <laughs> right out yeah. of the five of them, I'm thinking like if you know one of, if two or three guys can win at least, you know, at least three four titles in this class with like. You know three different guys winning it and then at least like 20 pro bowls and then the later tier stuff yeah you get some good backups out of it yeah. that would be my bar in order to take like 83 um uh, you know oh four is probably like my number two i can think of is like crazy good quarterback class i mean oh five is in there for me just because of the fact that oh five had alex smith and um Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I'll say seventeen is like uh, a slight tier below, but has a chance to be really special because you know, of course, of Mahomes and if and when he ever does get back in the field, I do see Deshaun Watson sneaking through and winning a winning a Super Bowl one of these years.
0: Yeah. Um, the list you gave me, actually, on the number ones for the NFLs you, you have here, that that's a pretty good list on the. The quarterbacks were drafted number one, and the years they're drafted. You mind if I roll through them real quick?
1: Well, yeah, because because just in the spirit of what we were saying before yeah. of like having crazy ones, and then if you just sort of look at the right ones off the head, where do you stand?
0: Okay, ninety three Bledsoe, not you put not a stiff, but a bummer. Uh, I agree. You expect somebody. I, I expect Bledsoe to close it out and win the Super Bowl there instead of bringing in Tom. Oh um, one, Michael Vick. Uh, you like you said a good debate was he worth it? Should they have just taken Drew Brees? That's a twenty twenty hindsight's twenty twenty. I think Vic was a good pick, just for his straight talent. I think it would be hard not to pick him. You know, he just his uh, just he was just a freak of nature. I think. Yeah. Uh, Cam. Cam oh, go Do you ahead. remember
1: a, a quarterback by a major Applewhite? He was yes. Really, really good at Texas. Taxes. He was he was like five yep. eleven, you know, two ten, yep. and you think if he was just 6'4". four, yeah. I'm sure evaluators kind of saw. Thought the same thing about Breeze. Yeah, you know, Breeze
0: were just six four. We take him. Yeah. Well, ice, you hear ice, the same thing. Yeah, they do the same thing with like, oh, uh, you know, this ha- Dante Culpepper's peppers hands are too small. He'll never be great, and et cetera. Et cetera. They just overanalyze everything. Um, yeah. Major Applewhite, by the way, is now forty three years old. Uh, not to not to date ourselves, <laughs> that we both knew who that yeah. was. <laughs> yeah,
1: actually, the, the funny thing is now is. Uh, the current crop of college quarterbacks were babies, <laughs> you know, right around the same. Major apple I was playing.
0: He actually, so he's actually had a decent coaching career after being a being a quarterback. He oh, he didn't even he didn't even play pro. Oh, that's oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he they uh they brought him in for a cup of coffee with the Patriots, but then he's yeah. like, you know, I'm going into coaching.
0: Yeah. So he's the uh, he's now the offensive coordinator of uh, South Alabama South Alabama the Sun Belt still a D one team, that's still a decent job. Good for him.
1: Yeah, uh, anytime you can carve out a good career after you playing days is over, that's just that just makes you aces in my
0: book. Um, Cam Newton obviously. Brought home a championship and MVP. That was a good pick. I mean, not now. <laughs> he kind of fell off. Andrew Luck, I mean, that was a no-brainer. You had to pick him, but um, un- unrealized potential due to injury. Carson Palmer, great career. That Just a can for arm. Made
1: a couple of pro Bowls, And, you know, in the in the all-time of, like, really horrific injuries, I mean, you think, like, Garrison Hurst's ankle, Theismann, Robert, Hertz, you know, Robert Edwards' his knee injury. To a lesser extent, I'll still remember that play, playoff game of uh, Kimo Vaughn, I think it's like Olhofen or something like that, absolutely wrecking Carson Palmer's knee. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: But he was kind of like, you know, he made a couple yeah. of full balls, lasted an insanely long time. I would say he worked out, like, reasonably well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kelly Smith, do we really need to talk about how terrible? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about him? Oh, yeah, that's Alex. Put, that's Alex. Guy? You put Alex right. Alex Smith is 05. Sorry.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that's another guy too. Like, uh, worked
0: out reasonably well. Not, not I think so, so. Yeah, like as me as but a Niter fan, I was yeah, hard yeah. on him, dude. I was really hard and very mad at him. But the organization sucked at the time, and you know, me looking back and reflecting on that, I can't be too. I can't be too harsh on Alex. Well,
1: right, yeah, you are absolutely on it because I think it sort of goes over to this old thing. When you you draft a guy number one, you're expecting an absolute like you know, flawless pro. You're expecting Phenom. Tom Brady level good. And it's just like it's just so much of a burden that, you know, really only a guy like Brady could uh yeah could go for too. Uh nitpick with Cam. I want to throw some nitpicks in there and <laughs> ahead, yeah. get the response. Cam worked out insanely well. MVP won a Super Bowl, three Pro Bowls, but he only had three winning seasons. And do you hold that sort of consistency that he's not able to win like eight nine, you know, consistent nine plus games a year against him? Or are you just more like a uh, dude
0: No, dude, I, dude, I, dude, I I dude, do dude. hold that against him if you're talking about his overall legacy because I don't think he's gonna play another NFL game, especially after what that that interview he did with after leaving the Pats. I think that just sealed the deal there. I don't think he's gonna get on another team. Anyways, I think that all goes to his legacy where he had some good years, but then he just fell off into nowhereville. And I feel like his focus wasn't on football. To be honest with you, I think it was somewhere else, um, because he has all the talent in the world. And I think he just got he was just focused on other things. So that's what happens.
1: Did he look? Did he look to be about as big as a defensive end his year in New England? Because he looked maybe two sixty, and I would think. I think if I'm in his spot, like, you know, Cam, come on, you got to get down to about 230, 235, because
0: you're about
1: 6'6". Yeah. you can be able to move. He ends up looking like a big kind of lumbering defensive end.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I, I don't think he could do it anymore with his, his shoulder injury and his foot injury, too. Maybe if he still wants, he can kind of do it like what Mark Brunel did, who was able to extend his career as a backup. Maybe Cam could do that somewhere.
0: I'm not I mean, saying he can, not but I feel like he just made it a lot harder. With like, whenever a team lets you go, you should just suck it up and like try to go to the next gig and not yeah. not like shit on them. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, because you know, if a team sees you, you know, air that out. You know, with his. You're father, gonna like do that did, with them. You're
0: gonna do. You that You can't with him. help
1: but think, hey, can you trust this guy with you know state secrets? If he's just gonna you know talk about it with his old man on YouTube, yeah.
0: Uh, we got uh, Eli in '04. 4 uh, I don't think he's he, – I mean, he won Super Bowl, so what else can yeah, you say? No, no, you? no, no.
1: that's the, It's a home run pick.
0: Yeah, and then oh. uh, Matt Stafford, you've got Bled, so I agree with you there 100%. Huge arm, huge potential. I mean, he can yeah. still win it. He's still got plenty of football in him.
1: Yeah, you know, we often talk about, like, situations, circumstances – kind of going against a certain guy if you could do it all over again what would you do i think those kind of the most biggest most glaring example of that would be you know in recent history is matt stafford i mean just i mean if you take the lions to the playoffs i mean that's just that's something i I can't help but respect i mean their record of futility goes back to like the 50s but I am very excited. I could see the Rams as a dark horse candidate in the NSC because
0: yeah. if McVay, a Roth, if a Roth McVay
1: can get a Super Bowl appearance and Pro Bowls out of Jared Goff.
0: Yeah. Matt Stafford. Is I a really, I, I
1: feel great about uh, what he could do with a competent quarterback like Stafford.
0: Yeah. Um. Next, you got Peyton. Sounds like Forrest Gump, manny. <laughs> yeah, I agree with there. Peyton was a good pick. I mean, he didn't win for not for the Colts, he didn't win at all, but he did. He definitely, uh, he definitely won a whole bunch of games. And I think if it wasn't for Brady, maybe he would have won more uh, he, Super Bowls. So there you go. Uh, Twenty, Joe Burrow. I think he's. I think he's a stud. I really do. I mean, he had a, a crap injury last year, but um, I think actually them drafting his. His partner, his LSU partner, the yeah. receiver, I think is, I think, like at the time, a lot of people are like being critical of it, like, oh, you should just draft the best talent. But you're not considering all that time that they played together and all that timing they got down in. And I think it was pretty evident in their their week one game.
1: Yeah, I, I do think because they did end up addressing their offensive tackle needs in the second round, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, all right, they still address that need. So that's good. But um, what he needs to do right now is just because he was recently talking about how he's kind of getting used to football again and stuff like that. So all you gotta do is just kind of knock that mental rust off, and then you know soon before you know it, I think he'll end up being pretty good. And that's a heck of a nice uh, passing attack. He's got a couple of good options, and he's got Tyler Boyd in the slot. And next thing up, huge priorities for the Bengals get them a competent NFL tight end yeah you might how good Burrow could be if you just give him a guy like Tyler Eifert
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah every every young quarterback needs a stud a stud tight end to yeah. clean, clean up their clean up their mess which I think like I'd love to see the Patriots actually start clicking more on their two tight end set I'd love to see it be more successful than it was in the first game against Miami but like I said that's that's all I'll do with you know it's gonna take some time
1: yeah i do think eventually because when i was at that game hunter henry kind of reminded me of sort of like that old school 90s tight end the one that maybe averages like 11 yards a catch Uh, you know but still overtime though if the two of them can have like you know 11 catches total combined between the two of them who'd you watch the game with fairly well
0: who'd you watch the game with my wonderful fantastic cousins nice. got me, um, who, who
1: got me a yeah it was it was great it's so nice saying? to actually be back in the game although one thing i want them to bring back please bring back just old school tickets because we we we're doing it on the phones right then and there it's just like no no let's have that you know memento of a ticket <laughs> that you can kind of hang on to i mean Everything else you want to do with the phone's fine, no big deal, but please, let's keep those tickets.
0: You're not the only one with that sentiment. A lot of people were pissed off about that
1: <laughs> and i don't and I don't really say that I'm like a you know, stale kind of old guy thing, but let's have some things that we just kind of keep holding on to about. my
0: yeah my first I still NFL like game holding cash
1: yeah. I yeah. still like holding tickets, so yeah. let's keep that stuff,
0: yeah. Uh let's go on to the mega whiffs real quick and we'll wrap it up, okay? Um Sam Bradford, I agree, mega whiff. Um, he was he just he'd give hope to every franchise he was at and then he'd just crush it. He'd just crushed yeah. that hope, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Jeff George was a mega whiff. Well, I guess if you're drafted first, you would be considered a, a mega whiff. Well
1: his was he's only really a mega Whiff to me because when you just saw his talent you're just thinking, God, why can't you keep your head out of your, you know? Come on, get your head out of your keister. Let's yeah. go, focus, focus. It just kills me that he never caught a good coach that, uh, yeah. you know, that that could get through to him like that. you was I mean, a hard head, imagine man. Jeff George is like a, a, nice offense with a you know an offensive coach like Denny Green,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: you know, something like that in like the nineties running shoot offense. Yeah. Uh, oh. I want to do his career over
0: again. <laughs> Jeff George made the headline so so much, man. He was he had he was like Mister. Everybody was interested in what Jeff had, but he never really came came. never really came about, unfortunately. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, obviously terrible. You, purple drank, yeah. purple drank. Yeah. That that's that is infamous. We've talked about him. Uh, Tim Couch, I agree. Uh, drafted by a crappy organization. He just never he just never realized the potential. Um, David Carr, actually, one year, he was the uh, league's leading uh, percentage, I think, in uh, percentage. So, I mean, but if you're talking about the number one draft pick, I mean, he was the first pick of the expansion team, right, for the uh, Texans. For
1: 2002. And, and um, well, if you look at that family of respectable quarterback play, I mean, come on, let's just get some sort of veteran scrub you know let's give car let's give car an iPad to learn I mean at the time it would have been a clipboard but still yeah I've been learned right then and there let's do his career over because David Carr got absolutely killed I uh, I remember I, I know Randall kind of him he has to be the highest one too but if i'm not mistaken david carr got sacked
0: like 70 something times that year he got and sacked so you much that's you know, that just prematurely he was him. a he was a meme before there were memes david carr poor guy yeah.
1: yeah 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 And just like overall just kind of thinking of those examples of those number one picks Yeah, you know, we have a bunch that worked out reasonably well but we still only had two super bowl winners of course being Pey- peyton and eli too so uh yeah. You know, let's have the thing where we we don't put such insane expectations on a number one pick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good um, luck, le- good luck to the the class this year. We'll see how they do.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Yeah. You got anything else?
1: Uh, well, it's just that you're fabulous. I'm <laughs> Thanks, giddy man. grateful to do another episode and fantastic stats beast back. It was an absolute pleasure, and thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, hey, hey Stack's Pack. Let's all let's all wish Eric uh some good luck in his new position. He's moving on to a job that he's uh been fighting for for a while. So we're all we're all very proud and happy of you, buddy. Good luck over there, Thank okay? You.
1: Thank you, buddy. We'll talk soon. Have a great
0: day. You too. All right, bye. bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Stats Piece Podcast. That was Eric Manzelli. That was a little longer than usual. Huh? I hope you guys enjoyed that. Take care. Um, hear from you soon. Bye.